Good evening, Patriots. And it is again Tuesday, May 31st in the year 2022. And welcome to June 1st if you're on the East Coast. Some interesting things to go over tonight. This VAX is continuing to be a pressing issue. Some other maneuvers by our corporate handlers, I guess I should say. And that brings up to mind the securing of your wealth. Make sure you are taking good care of your wealth in this time. Things are changing radically. And so the folks at Birch Gold, I think, can help you through some very difficult times. Patriots, we have been witnessing the economy slowly go through a death spiral. And the Fed has boxed itself in. The economy is in dire straits. And thanks to a loose money policy, there's no end in sight. Apparently, you just can't spend trillions every year without repercussions. And now, in an attempt to play catch-up, the Fed is raising rates and plans to do it seven more times this year. We're already starting to see the ripple effects in the housing market as people's buying power diminishes. What are you doing to protect your money? Have you considered what could happen if the stock market continues to fall or worse, crashes? Don't wait until that happens. Take some of your profits from the stock market now and solidify them with gold from Birch Gold. Throughout history, gold has maintained its value better than any other investment in the world. So text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to the number 989898. Again, BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to the number 989898 for a free zero-obligation info kit on holding gold in a tax-sheltered retirement account. Again, text BARDS to 989898 and secure the gains from the hard-earned capital that you have. Join the thousands of Happy Birch customers, the countless five-star reviews, and an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. Birch Gold. They're professionals. They're some of the best in the market. So again, text BARDS at 989898 to protect your future with gold. That's a really important thing right now. So make sure and take care of the wealth you have. It's been hard earned. Patriots, one of the things that's very interesting right now is that in the midst of all of the noise and confusion of everything, we always know that something else is going on. We always have some sort of hand puppetry so that we don't look one way, but we're always looking another. Here's a good example of that with some maneuvers that Walmart's been up to. Here's something that really should be discussed. Everyone's talking about Elon Musk and Twitter or Bill Gates and his GMO farming. But no one, and I mean no one, on any social media website I have seen is discussing how Walmart, who also owns Walmart Realty, for years has been purchasing land from coast to coast here in the United States that has and only has natural water deposits under the earth. Well, what does that mean, though? Natural water deposits do not connect with any other surface water. Therefore, the land that Walmart is purchasing does not fall under the absolute dominion law. Nice little legal loophole. Government controls the public water access, and Walmart controls the private sector. The world that they want us to live in is one that they charge a fee for everything. Back in 2012, one of the big maneuvers by Blackstone, which is another one of the large hedge fund controllers, was to purchase bridges because toll bridges provide a income forever. And we're seeing this more and more, and the model that they're trying to unravel is that everything costs money. So they can create, essentially, restrictions on movement, 
without even having to worry about a social credit score. It'll just depend on your money. Will you be able to literally afford to drive across town because there's going to be a fee charged out of your digital wallet to drive from your house, say, to get groceries? And if you are at a point where you don't have any money in your wallet and you say you're going to walk, they'll just track you and charge you anyway. See, nothing is in this world that they want is free. Everything they want comes at a cost, and the number one thing they're trying to do is to wipe out humanity along the way. Now, we all know Naomi Wolf. She's been doing some incredible work, and this is another one of these amazing pieces she's done, and it's it's pretty heavy. The vaccine essentially harms the process of reproduction in multiple ways, and and I added the report they did on lactation that shows that babies who are nursing are getting sick from vaccinated mothers, and at least one has died. And I showed, I, I posted and integrated their report that showed that of 270 women who got pregnant in the trials, 230 plus were disappeared. Their records vanished from sight in the trials, but that of the 36 or so, 28 of their babies died. 28 of 36 women's babies died in the Pfizer trials. And then uh, an Israeli journalist named Etana Hecht um, added to our analysis three studies that show that there is a baby die-off. And we've talked about this a little bit, but this substack puts it all together in a terrifying way. A baby die-off in Scotland, in Canada, and in Israel. In Scotland, twice the number of babies died. In Ontario, Canada, 86 babies died. The average is five or six. And in Israel, uh, deaths to vaccinated mothers are up 34%. So um, that's there. 100,000 people saw it in 24 hours. And I don't know if that's the reason I'm suddenly persona non grata, but it's definitely, uh, it should be making news. It's, it's the biggest news there is. She's persona non grata because she's telling the truth like anybody else that tells the truth. They try to ban you. And the, the truth is rolling out in big ways from all directions. The question is, do the people that are in the sleeping mode have the will to look? And equally, do we have the will to continue to press in to show them? There is a, this has been a long walk, I think, for everybody, and we can be honest about that. And it's been a enduring one as we have come to the truth and witnessed people literally committing suicide in so many different ways. And I've mentioned this before, and it's just to point out that, you know, when I, we started talking about the vax, I made the comment here, <laughs> boy, do I remember when I made the comment, that people were taking salvation through a needle rather than salvation through Christ. And it really blew up in, in a way that people found that highly offensive and yet here we are. We haven't seen we haven't seen anything that can solve this problem with the vax. In fact, there isn't any, at least not yet. And those that have taken it have become more committed to that pathway. And they have sought a salvation through a needle, which is a man-made substance, which is a, produced by big pharma, which ultimately leads us right into those who control the world, who have the single eye, the all-seeing eye, and ultimately that leads us to Satan. And in a very certain sense, it's been a harvest. And it's been a very painful one for all of us to experience. Families are split. 
And it all comes back to a simple place of where were people standing in relationship to their faith. And I think the reason a lot of people get upset when you say things like that is many of them who get upset will, will claim themselves that they are, they've already accepted Christ or that they have a relationship with Jesus. That may be so, but it apparently wasn't strong enough to have them trust in Jesus and trust in God to get over something that had a mortality rate of less than 1% for most age groups. And even the highest age groups was less than 2%. And yet, all they heard was fear. And yet, all God told us was to fear not. As we start to get through these layers of the illusions that we're living in, there's so much in Scripture that starts to make sense in practical, common-sense terms. I was going through a video earlier tonight after the show, after the first show, and I'm, I'm not kidding. There's not a lot that I really gets that's like ugly to watch. This one was pretty rough because it was getting into the details of what goes on in a gender transition surgery for men. And it's disgusting. And they had an animated surgery, an animated uh, representation of a surgery. And I'm telling you, it's pretty ugly. But here's, I mean, just to add to this, I I know nothing about this because I don't make it my, I typically don't make it my evening work to learn about how people get a snip and tuck. But what's really disgusting about this is, one, is that the body tries to heal because we have a perfect immune system and it knows who we are. But at the same time, once a man gets the snip and tuck, the body is trying to heal that wound that is now supposed to be a female reproductive part. Imagine that. So they have to constantly be tearing it open in its own way. Here's another thing to add to this because people just don't realize the magnitude. And this goes to to scripture in its various forms of telling people not to fantasize and not to be, you know, the idea of, of, of imagining sexual relationships with men or women. So much of what you're seeing on TV on and these people that are surfing porn sites and all of this, they're men. We are learning more and more now that most of what Hollywood is is a complete inversion. It's not just an inversion in relation in worship. It's a real inversion in everything. And so many of these in power are, and whoever's doing this, however this is happening, many are coming from the same seed. And we can see that. I mean, if you haven't figured out that the prime minister of New Zealand is a man, then go back and look. Or that almost all of your Hollywood stars are men. And this is where... Women should know this intuitively because it's the body build that, quite frankly, men don't pay a lot of attention to it. And I won't get crass, but men are usually attracted by a couple of things and they doesn't have much to do with reality. But the shoulders, the jaw, the, the forehead, 
the hands, the fingers. These are all big tells. The arms, I mean, that's how we know Big Mike is a man. Big Mike isn't a woman. It's a transgender. And they've been doing this over and over and over. So, you know, if you are... Hips is another thing. Women are, have hips that are they're for childbirth. And yet if you pay attention to so many of the models, Victoria's Secret, what's their secret? It's men. And it's a very refined industry. This is the thing that the ones that we see that, that play the clown show, like those that go down to the Houston Library and have kids bounce on their lap as they as these pedophiles that are dressed like men or women that are actually men, trans, transgender vestites, whatever they are. They're dressed up like clowns. And that's part of the show, and I'm convinced. It's part of the deception. But I think we will be shocked as we really dig into just how many people we have assumed, whether it's in film or on the newscasting, even in politics, pay attention to jaws, pay attention to shoulders, pay attention to eyebrows, foreheads, fingers, hands, and Adam's apples. I mean, it, to give you an idea, I mean, this is, and this is a very real issue, and so it's a trackable one. One of the most common in, uh, cosmetic surgeries in Hollywood is Adam's apple shaving. That should tell you everything. It's one of the most popular and common surgeries. So we're, we're dealing with a very different world. In, in a very certain sense, what we're dealing with is a world of eunuchs with a royal class, and in underneath the royal class and the eunuchs, which are all there to perpetuate a lie, you then have the class of obedient slaves that do the research and perpetuate the lie and build the lie, and then underneath that you have everybody else that's in the big circus tent watching the show and believing it, and that's us. And to make us all happy, we've been given fake boundaries, which United States, Canada, Europe, all these fake boundaries which divide us and give us these identities which we don't then see ourselves as better than someone else. We start to develop cultures around those identities. And the longer we're separated that way, we start to drift farther and farther from that powerful creation that God gave us. All of this is by design. It's not accidental. Two Corinthians four eighteen. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, and the things which are not seen are eternal. I would add to that we walk by faith, not by sight. And I think these are very insightful and very important views. Because as we're walking this way, by faith, not by sight, the ability for us to be deceived diminishes. But again, when we start to be fed and let 
the feeding feed our desires of sexual passion, of emotion, kind of the carnal existence of things, then we aren't really any better than a bunch of cows. So I mentioned that we have put some cows up on the property. We've got we've quite a few up there right now. And we brought a bull in because that's we need bulls to make more cows, right? Okay. Cows are pretty pretty straightforward. I'll tell you. And so we put the bull in and then literally the first night the bull went through the fence and was on the other property because the other property had a bunch of heifers and all the all of his herd were all either pregnant or recently gave birth. So he wasn't going to get satisfied. And really, we were thinking, wow, this was a pretty aggressive bull. So we pulled the bull off. And I went up there on the property of the day and I heard the cows bellering. And I really thought that there had been one stuck in the mud or even worse, that there was a calf stuck in the in stuck or something or separated so I started to go down and it wasn't our cows it was the heifers on the other property which is just a fence between them and these were not let me just put it this way they weren't being very ladylike okay because it's time for them to get pregnant they want to get pregnant and they make it very well known and there's two little bulls that are now in they're just growing up they're not they're just starting to get their legs under and they're not quite a year but they're they know that they're there and so they're calling out to them and like I said not very ladylike but that's cows now why do I bring all this up because this is definitely not a this isn't a birds and the bees conversation and I think we all can figure that out but what's amazing is when I watch this and I just, I'm witnessing these cows and I'm like, wow, this is kind of like the entire progressive left culture because everything about their life except the progressive left culture is even more, is totally insane. And I'll get to that. But cows are very fundamental. It's just very much about they want to get pregnant. They want to have a baby and then they want to get pregnant and want to have a baby. I mean, it's, it's pretty much that simple. And that's a very base function in human existence. And I'm not saying it's, it's what we all should be in a culture. We should be honoring that process. But instead, where we are is we're in a bizarre world where you have the bellering to get pregnant isn't part of the progressive left culture that's now dominating everything in our world the bellering to be identified by your sexual identity is what the loudness is. Now, could you imagine a cow like coming up and nudging you and like moo, moo, cut off my stuff and make me a different gender? I mean, that just doesn't happen. And yet here we are. And it is a, it's truly like bizarro world, because the, when you get out there and you see all this at the end of the day, then you what you realize is how normal cows are and how absolutely abnormal we are as a species. We've just gone off the rails. And this is, 
you know, I think it's, it gets every day I, I encounter this and I'm, you see it on social media and you encounter it in the real world because you see some weird stuff and there's some weird stuff out here. And people identifying in whatever way. And it's like suddenly there's this freedom for them to be their demonic side to come out or something. Let me, let me play this piece here. It's a pretty interesting and it's a good perspective. Our ancestors were superheroes part two. Have you ever thought about why we put our children in school so young? I mean, is this natural to just hand your defenseless child off and say, here you go, just teach them whatever. No, if the child is raised by the system instead of by the parents, the child will actually believe that the system is their parent. The way humans had done this for thousands of years, when you're a child and too young to take care of yourself, your parents take care of you and teach you. And then when you're too old to take care of yourself, your children take care of you and learn from you. See how this cycle works? The system teaches that children are a liability. The system also teaches that the elderly are a liability. So instead of caring for our ancestors and learning from them, what they learned over a lifetime about what we're doing here, how we got here, we learn what the system wants us to know. And we ship them off to a nursing home to die alone with no honor. And why? So we can work full time our entire lives and make widgets and pay taxes. To make widgets and pay taxes. You know, it's a pretty beautiful thing, though, when you watch a cow with a new calf. We just had a new calf drop up there. And right now the grass is really tall. We've been getting a ton of rain, and there's plenty for them to eat out there. Matter of fact, there's so much to eat. They're fattening up really nicely. And I, as I was leaving the property, I hadn't seen the new calf. On This was yesterday. I hadn't seen it that day. And as I drove by, I noticed it. And I don't know if you know this, but cows will instinctively try to hide their calf when they have the opportunity. And there was the calf tucked away, right, just about maybe 10 feet from the mother, buried down in the grass so nobody else could see it. And she was eating and yet checking on him at the same time. There's just a base nurturing that animals have that we should have that's beautiful and it's just it's just beautiful to watch and yet we have seemed to we have lost our way here and that kind of gets to what we've just witnessed in the Sussman trial as unrelated as that may seem it's very related because at the Sussman trial decisions were made by jurors based on their emotional position towards President Trump and in this process because they donated to Hillary they were going to defend Hillary at any cost there was no sense of a moral baseline I'm willing to bet you that most of them support abortion most of them probably have a very um, strange view of their of raising and nurturing they will most of them will probably support transgender flips of their kids and beta blockers in other words they have no and I'm, I'm i'm leaping here a little bit but i'm making an assessment based on what we know and it's this sort of perversion that gets into all these nooks and crannies and in the end of the day as a nation we have lost one of our most important aspects which is a trial by jury what do we have when we and all of this comes from nurturing in my opinion 
if you're not properly nurtured to understand what a good home life is, what the importance is of having a right and a wrong, of having a parent and a, and a, a parent's teaching you right and wrong, understanding that there are consequences to things. When you get to that point, when you can sit on a jury and you've paid money to one campaign and you hate someone else, you don't, it doesn't have any issue with you. There's no moral conflict of telling the jury, well, this man should not be guilty because I liked who he worked with and I hated President Trump. And yet if it was President Trump's people, they would say, you, this person needs to be punished severely because I hated President Trump and I liked Clinton. There's no moral line here of equality. It's all rooted in their emotional perspective on what they feel. And that in my position, and I, what I believe strongly, is that that is a lack of morals that comes from a lack of experiencing a nurturing and loving relationship in, in your childhood. And even if they say it is, I will bet you the harder you dig, you're going to find things like latchkey child or single parent child, a product of, or you're going to find that the values of like this open love garbage from the flower children is there, or you're going to find that there was a promotion of abortion and things like that. There's destabilizing aspects. And this is something that as parents... And as a, as a culture and society, we have to, I think, be very, very clear on. Because the damage is being done in real time to these kids right now, to this generation, and to other generations. And it's being done by, by us. It's not just those that are speaking and to distort the values. We're not speaking loud enough to crush the values. And worse than not speaking loudly enough, we're not finding the way to get to them. And so much of this is centered around where our focuses are. There shouldn't be anybody in school right now. Parents should have pulled out their kids already, getting them out. We should not, at this point in time, two years into this, we should be hearing things about how retirement homes and so forth are diminishing rapidly, that they don't have enough elderly in them to keep open. We should be hearing that. Oh, by the way, I am really proud of this. I will tell you this. Our school district here locally that has been pushing masks, they've been taking on some of the uh, garbage coming out of this new QT teaching, queer theory stuff has been being forced down from Salem. So they put up a bond issue to be funded for building repair or something. The community crushed it, like not a chance. And they already know that they're going to be hemorrhaging a ton of teachers in the fall which makes me very happy. We cannot continue to reward them and you have them use kids as blackmail. It has to be some hard decisions by parents. And what this all comes around to is just our position in taking accountability in life. Living in a republic is difficult. Living in any country is difficult if you're going to be active, but living in a republic right now is difficult because we have to be bold enough if we want this republic. Remember, the, the people that we're going against don't want the republic. If we want the republic, we have to fight for it. Those that are on the progressive left don't want the republic. They want a socialist approach to things. So I, I'm saying this because 
when we are confronted, and I hear this regularly, I've tried to talk to my liberal neighbors and they don't want to hear me. Well, they're not going to hear you at a certain point because what you represent is an antithesis to what they want. You're the antithesis. And for some, you're probably the antichrist because you're talking about responsibility and God. And for them, they're like, whoa, no, no, no. We don't want those two things in our lives. We don't want accountability and responsibility, and we definitely don't want God. That's what we're dealing with. And that's where we get back to this bifurcation. And it's a pretty deep bifurcation that we're dealing with. So the question is, what are we going to accept? And being that the places that we come together are in digital space, and it's difficult to see that in numbers, it feels many times like we are alone or we are individuals, but we're not. This movement is very big, and there is a growing number of people that are standing very strongly with God and on that rock of faith but we're not connecting in a way that we can physically touch and see it. What that means is one of our most powerful ways of connecting prayer needs to be amplified. We also need to remember some of the lessons from scripture, Romans five, three, four. And not only this, but we also exult in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance, and perseverance, proving character, provide character or hope. Now, I just want to touch on tribulation because the reference here to tribulation is not the tribulation, but it's distress and suffering resulting from oppression or persecution, also a trying experience, an experience that is hard to bear, distress or suffering from the cruel an unjust treatment or misfortune. That's what they're referring to or what is in the scriptures is referring to. And there's plenty of that to go around right now. And so what we're learning is this is a character development that leads us back to God. And that's the beautiful part of the time we're in is because so many are feeling that pressure that finally they are turning back to God. As I've said this phrase many times, no one survives a foxhole as an atheist. They don't. And the reality of war is it it puts the pressure on people in such a bold way that ultimately they have to make a decision on where to go. Each one of us right now in this walk is facing a challenge of how big we can build our communities. And yet when we come to a forum like this, what is important to appreciate is these numbers on this podcast. And I'm saying this particularly to emphasize a point. This podcast is now at 26,176,916 downloads. It's in 120 countries. That's, a few downloads and the rate of downloads is somewhere about 1.3 to 1.4 million per month. Okay. I say that 
because I want you to hear those numbers because this is our podcast. It's our community. And that's what the phenomenal thing is, is even though we don't touch and feel what you need to appreciate, because I see it every day, I see these numbers. This is a very real presence of God working through many, many people. And so that goes back to a confidence and a trust and really challenging, what do we believe? I have literally pounded on these script, these few scriptures I'm going to read here over and over and over. And you know, Luke 10, 19 and John 14, 12. Because I find them to be so critical in appreciating what Christ is telling us. And it's part of understanding that through him and through the body of Christ, we are all connected. And it's that key piece of also appreciating that we have to trust deeper than we ever have. When we look at the Sussman case and look at the emotional roller coaster that people have been on today, the fault of that is not the fault as of the system. We know that the system's bankrupt. That's a given going in. We know that America as a moral as a moral base of a country is completely bankrupt. We know that. Okay. And if anything, the Sussman's trial should present to everybody the fact that as a country, what we understand to be a country, we are dead. And we have to accept that and move past it. Whatever that's going to take you to do, I would highly encourage you to go through that process of, of death and loss, which is usually first step is anger, and then the next step is denial And then there's emotional hurt, and then there's depression, and then at some point there's acceptance. That's roughly the laydown. And I would accept, I would encourage you to go through that because the sooner you can get to the point of understanding that the country is dead, which it is, whatever image you had of the country, it's gone. However, and that's. So I guess at this point, you're, I can just even hear people going like, are you, stop it, I love my nation, and I do too. But I don't like what we're in, and I don't like what we lived in, because that was not my country. Because that was not part of the forming of the Declaration of Independence and what the Constitution stood for. That was a hand puppet job to make us believe in that while they raped and pillaged everything in our life and legalized all sorts of torturous things to include surveillance, to include jailing of innocents, to include even drone striking Americans without a just cause or a trial, and, of course, our industry of aborting children. So the moral foundation of this nation has been shredded. And there's a generation of people, several generations of people, in fact, that have aligned under this progressive ideology that can't see that there are no more moral basis. It's all a me culture. And that's not the country I want anything to do with because that country was, has been taken over and run by fools. The country I look at is the country that has God on the throne. 
And so when I accept the fact that our country is dead, then I ask the next question, which is the critical question, who will lead it to remake it? Because America with a K is alive and well. But America of in God we trust is looking for its nurturing partners that will raise it up. And who are they? What is that remnant? Because it's there in that space. And I believe where that rebuilding begins is Jeremiah 6.16. Thus says the Lord, stand by the roads and look and ask for the ancient paths where the good way is and walk in it and find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk in it. It's, that's the bifurcation. That's the valley of decision. Where are we going to walk? And the key part of that is asking for the ancient paths, not assuming. So much in our relationship with God is we just assume. Christ said, therefore I have. Christ died, I accept him, therefore I'm done. I mean, this is the sort of nonsense that goes on that unfortunately is part of a normal mainstream teachings in churches. Again, not blanketing all churches, but many. Because their mission has not been to promote the word of God. Their mission has been ultimately to be purveyors of guilt and offering plates. Because it's only there that you make the money to pay the bills. You've got to get people constantly feeling that they're guilty and that they're sinners. So let me point to that because that's the whole mantra in churches is too often it is the that you are a sinner. You are a sinner. You shall always be a sinner. You, you are not worthy. And I hear this a lot. So ask yourself that in, in that context of the teachings of the church, that you are not worthy, you are a sinner, then ask yourself why Christ said this. Truly, truly, I say to you, the one who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I am going to the Father. So if, according to the churches, we are sinners and we are never going to be anything but sinners, that we are not worthy, I'm not seeing the connection here because Christ apparently thought we were worthy enough not only to do great works, but to do greater works than he. That's not the place of someone who's not worthy. And if Christ died on the, for us on the cross, I don't see that as being a place where I don't see that being a place where he would have died on the cross because we were not worthy. Why would God sacrifice his son? He could have just thrown another flood. I get at these things because there's so much, there's so many details that we miss, I think, in scripture because we're always trying to look through the lens of it, telling, of trying to remind us that we're guilty and at the same time, we're this sort of marking time until Christ returns. So, What's our purpose here then? If that's the main, and there is a lot of that in mainstream teachings, and I don't think anybody would disagree. Why are we here? If our role is simply to accept Christ, 
to spend the rest of our life in guilt and then to be marking time until Christ returns, that's pretty pathetic. And God's not pathetic. God is anything but pathetic. And then there's the other piece that those of us that are out here walking with this wonderful relationship in Christ, and Christ tells us this, Behold, I have given you authority to walk on snakes and scorpions and authority over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will injure you. That does not sound like wording of trust that goes to a group of people that are unworthy. It sounds like the wording of and trust into God's children who he knows have unlimited potential and are greater than they know themselves. Our biggest challenge in this entire world is us. It's not God. It's not the enemy. It's us. And it's all about us understanding that we're here as part and one with God. And we're not given the restraints that the church or the institutions of power want to tell us because they're doing it on purpose. There's a reason this war is being waged on your mind and your soul. There's a reason that they've taken centuries to try to wear us down. Why didn't they just kill us all in one go? What is it that takes them so long to break us down? What is it? Why is it that it's almost impossible to poison the entire world? They're doing a good job, but they're not succeeding. And that's because at the core of who we are, we are, we have the, we have God's seed in us. And they know this, and they know that there's only one possible way that they can destroy us, only one, out of everything they do, whether it's the medical science, whether it's nuclear war, whether it's pollution, whether it's poisoning the water, whether it's poisoning your food, there is only one way they can defeat us, one, no other, and this is it. It is the only one way. We have to agree. We have to use our free will to let them destroy us because they understand when we are still struggling with it. Trust me, they understand Luke 10, 19, and they understand John 14, 12. Don't ever think they don't. And this is why they work so hard at deflecting you from that. They work overtime. This whole concept, and I mentioned this several times, break down the economy sometime. Look at that $13 trillion economy and look how much of it is based on consumer purchase of stuff and its engines of advertising for that stuff that you don't need. All of that cycle is designed intentionally to give you something to pacify us, to worship, and to be distracted from our true relationship and purpose on this earth. That's trillions of dollars every year to keep us enslaved and distracted and to little by little over time nick us away and pull us aside and separate us and divide us so that ultimately we will succumb by our own will. But here's the deal. What they 
have spent, and they have spent trillions, and they've spent hundreds of years doing this. And I have to say something for this. They're not doing a very good job. We're frustrated because we're looking at this whole world going, man, I can't believe a bunch of these dummies over here that are taking the injection. I can't believe the spineless people walking around here complying to the mask and their rules, et cetera, et cetera. But on a whole for humanity, I'm not going to give them a pass because they haven't won and they haven't even come close. In fact, all they've done, the harder they push, is they've re-energized this and tremendous faith within us in God as we walk boldly in the body of Christ and we look at this and go, uh, yeah, no, not happening. And that's because God always wins. And the only thing the question comes down to is what side of that fence are we going to be on? Are we going to be like the the perverted cows that are mooing all day long to be draw attention to their gender? Worried about what the latest fashion style is going to be? Worried about how if their nose hairs are primped and pulled? Worried about if everything is just perfect and prim and proper? Is it how we look in this world? the temporal things, or are we going to look for those things that are eternal and seek them which we cannot see? Because those things which we cannot see are eternal, and yet we know where they are in our heart. We know where they are in our faith, and we know that because every time we put our foot on the ground and we step and we breathe and we walk, we are proclaiming that space for God Almighty. We are that powerful. We are that great. And that's not said with ego. It's said because that's the gifts that God has given us. And if we will simply believe, deeply believe that we do, can, and are winning, Sussman doesn't matter. Politics don't make any difference. This Mouthy garbage of Gates telling us there's going to be another pandemic. Okay, big deal. We're steadfast doing our job. Like I've told you, if I got a call from God on my cell phone right now and he said, Scott, yes, God, Jesus will be there in one hour. I'd literally look at the clock and I'd say, okay, God, that makes him 2151. He'll be here in one hour at 1052. Okay, I'll be there at 10.50 and 30 seconds. Because, God, I have a lot of work to do between now and them to honor you and what I'm supposed to do. I'm not, I'll be busy, but I will be there. You see? Because that's the commitment to the process. And all we have to do is stay that committed. And our enemy collapses, Literally. It's not hard. But every time they open their mouth and we give them a little inch and they're going to take another mile and we give them another inch and they take another mile. I, I really mean this. I swear these people are sitting back laughing their butt off at us every day as a people going, these dumb fools actually did it again. It's like you can just see them sitting around and go, hey, 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 Bill, yeah, what do you want to do this time? Uh, we need a, we need another pandemic. How about if we do something with monkeys? Uh, that's a pretty good idea. Do we, 
Hey, do you have a truck of monkeys somewhere we could just dump off and start this thing off up near Philadelphia? Yeah, it's okay. We got one. Okay, just is, let a bunch of monkeys go, would you? Just wreck a truck and let a bunch of monkeys go. And we'll we'll make up something. We'll call it, how about monkey pox? Oh, that's good, Bill. And there you go. And then when it starts to take hold, they're like, <laughs> can you believe this? I mean, the, the one that's killing me right now, and I have to tell you, this is it's just, it really cracks me up on this whole thing. The supposed story is that monkeypox started at the gay pride rally in London. It's like, all right, well, sounds like a possibility since they all seem to be confused on themselves and whatever. I won't even get into those graphic details of, of grossness, but you get the point. So that's the community they say it started in. And so when they finally announce that monkeypox is now a new concern for the world, what do they add? What does the who add? Oh, and by the way, if you're going to have a gay pride celebration, don't please don't not have one. It's important that you continue with the gay pride celebration, even though we know for a fact, according to the who, that it all started with y'all. But don't worry about it because we want you all to have a good time and celebrate and just wear a mask. (laughs) I swear, how dumb can people be? I'm really serious. So this is, it is one of these things that what we're witnessing here is not so much stupidity, it's self-imposed ignorance based on a principle of people not having God in their life and choosing instead to worship a cult which calls itself government, progressive, politics, and woke, and a variety of other titles, which is all one big cult that at the end of the day, the old roads lead to Lucifer. Because what he has always said and the ultimate fight, the, first, the, the fight that happened between Lucifer and God is that Lucifer wanted people to worship him and he wanted to dictate how they would worship. And God said no. They must make their choice. And then when they come back to me to worship me and to love me, it's then that I'll be able to real, reveal to them their full inheritance. Everything from that point to now that's where it starts, and that's right where we're back to. Isn't that amazing? And everybody walking on that progressive side, that New World Order side, that environmental fear side, all of that is all the multiple forms of how Lucifer is bringing everybody back so that they worship him on the terms which he establishes. And for everyone else, where we feel the pressures and people are out here saying, oh, when is it going to end? Honor it, embrace it, and walk with joy because this is the path God asked for us to be in, wanted us to be in, where in through the struggle, through the tribulations, that we gain something most profound. We gain hope. And where is that hope? It's in him, and it's in our hearts. Patriots, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time we've come together tonight to reflect very deeply on the state of our world as we do. And 
opportunities to just expand our hearts in, in, in greatness and in, in grace and joy for all that you've given and this opportunity that we have right now to live and to live free. Lord, this is a, a time when many are struggling and we pray for them because especially if they have a relationship with Christ in any form or a relationship with you, we just pray, Father, that they can hear that gift that you're giving the gift of eyes to see and the ability to live within this world of crazy, but to know that in every step that we're making, we're actually making a difference as we walk with you. An amazing time to be alive. We just pray that the many that are willing can hear it and enjoy it and embrace all that it is. No wringing of hands, no consternations, no anger. Just embrace the moment, carpe diem, fully for all it is. So, Father, we just tonight's our prayer is just for that, to find the joy in our hearts, in the joy that comes from that deep and intimate relationship in Christ, the knowing that everything is as it should be, and it's and our role here is just getting better as we dig deeper into our gifts and talents and that relationship with you. Guide us, protect us, and we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. It really is amazing in this time, in this place. We couldn't be in a better place. God's got it. There is a plan, by the way. And it's God's plan. And we're part of it. And the beautiful thing is we're part of it every day in all of our breath always have been, we're just embracing it at a different level. And we see the world more clearly each day. More and more each day, we just stepping away farther from the world. And I've said this many times, and it's it's equally something to be prof- profoundly thankful for. The most well-armed country in the history of man has not risen to a violent blood revolution, but instead has used their guns to keep the government away from their homes because they, by virtue of a gun, they stay away. And in the meantime, they've built up the most powerful armor and weapon they ever could. An increasing number of people are turning to trust in God and raise prayers. Very, very profound. And that's God working. So patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil, never relent. Always press into the fight. Keep those prayers up. Just pray for the healing of this nation and the grace of this nation. But really, let's, let's just pray for those words that Father will give to guide and to mentor and to give wisdom. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God will always win. But we're here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We're at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. And occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. Patriots, I will see you tomorrow afternoon for Bended Knee. Until then or until the next time. God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. All this time we had.
Something to find 